The first discovery was made in the spring of 1990. From a mine in South America came a piece of amber containing the fossilized remains of a prehistoric mosquito. One of many that had fed upon the blood of dinosaurs. From the DNA in that blood, science was able to recreate those giants. And for the first time, man and dinosaur shared the earth. It happened at a place called Jurassic Park. This summer, director Steven Spielberg will take you there. Jurassic Park has forged a path, I think, for so many people. Seeing Steven Spielberg, and I just wanted to be there. I wanted to be on set. I wanted to be part of the creation of that magic. Um, but seeing Jurassic Park for the first time as a conscious, intellectually present child was one of the greatest moments ever. I was like, oh my God, like these dinosaurs are actually real in this film. And I absolutely loved it. I remember we got all of the toys. I had pretty much the entire line. I remember seeing it in the theater with my family and having a wonderful experience, very memorable. It's the most clear and pure example of I guess reality, it's, it's just honest, honestly. <laughs> Everyone, remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 176th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. All right, I know it's been a long time coming, but finally, in this episode, we'll be celebrating the 25th anniversary of Jurassic Park, even if we are a few months late. I know, I know, I'm sorry. But, you know, 2018 has been an extremely packed year for Jurassic. We have been focusing on all of the new stuff uh, so much that the 25th anniversary almost fell by the wayside. But today, I think we have a jam-packed episode with a lot of memories, nostalgia, and, of course, love for the past. I think we uh, almost take it for granted being in it, you know, every single day here on the podcast and in the fandom overall. But it's been 25 years. That's really, really special. To have a franchise still be as impactful and important to the cultural zeitgeist, that's a massive accomplishment. So today we're going to hear from a lot of people from the podcast and around the community and hear exactly how Jurassic Park has impacted them during these past 25 years. I think you'll really enjoy this one. I can't wait for you to hear from some of these amazing people in the community. But before that... We're going to be entering the Visitor Center to speak with one fan who has risen above the rest and won the Tongle Jurassic Park 25th Anniversary Relive Contest, where he created an awesome video showing his love of the franchise. You know that contest uh, was held jointly with Universal, and Andy Peterson grabbed that top prize with no small help 
from his animation skills and his commitment to the love of Jurassic Park with his project Jurassic Bedroom, where he transformed his home's master bedroom into a Jurassic Park love letter. We talked all about the creation of the bedroom and the contest win, as well as Jurassic Park over the past 25 years. You know, this episode is a thank you to everybody who's had a hand in creating Jurassic Park, as you've all become heroes and and guides to our lives. You know, some of us have followed in your footsteps, forged our own paths based off the love for this film. And of course, there's some of us who have studied and discussed it on a nearly daily basis. I know it has impacted me tremendously. And if you are listening to this, then I guarantee that is no coincidence I am sure it has impacted you. So now I'm going to ask you to grab a chair, sit back, and relax as we celebrate our love for Jurassic Park by first heading out into the Visitor Center, followed by our fan community retrospective. Let's open up the doors to the Visitor Center and welcome in Andy Peterson animator, super fan, and winner of the Jurassic Park 25th Anniversary Contest. We are back inside the Visitor Center, touring around the facilities after 25 years. You know, it's a it's a bit overgrown over here, and, and honestly, it's kind of a tad bit musty. I'm having a hard time over here, but I have brought along a fellow Jurassic Park superfan, Andy Peterson, here to chat about Jurassic Park over the past 25 years, his love of the franchise, and certainly some of the cool things that he's done along the way. So let's welcome in Andy. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I, you know, I am excited. It's It's been a long time coming, kind of like a 25th anniversary episode and uh, just like mostly a retrospective. I mean, to be honest, the, the podcast is like 100% a retrospective of the franchise. You know, uh, we're constantly talking about Jurassic Park, but um, to like solely focus on the first film is uh, is always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And yeah. it's been a big year for that. I know. It's been out of control like it's it's just been so much to catch up on to um to take in you know there's there's just endless amounts of stuff if you're into toys games the movies books everything out there um it's just it's overwhelming to be honest you know yeah yeah i i couldn't i i couldn't catch uh keep up with most of it except for what I could see online. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And I've been I've been saying to you, like, since probably even before the summer, I've been like, hey, let's let's do something. Let's get an episode going. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's <clears throat> November and uh, you know, we're finally getting around to it. <laughs> Talking about the June anniversary. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's a year long festivity. Let's just yeah. keep it rolling, yeah, you exactly. know? There's no reason to stop. Next year it's gonna be twenty six. Let's celebrate that too. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly. I, that's what I think we'll honestly be doing. So, you know, if we're running this podcast for eternity, that's probably a good thing. Uh, so I'm going to start you off with um, a tough question. Everybody knows it, it you know, what's coming here. Um, so I'm going to ask you this. If you were stuck in a kitchen with a velociraptor, what would you do? And would you make it out alive? Well, first of all, I probably would not make it out alive, but um, I think that the first thing that I would do would be to try to distract it 
make it look the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was in my kitchen specifically, um, <laughs> I know that there are some pretty good places that I can hide around corners. So yeah. if I can just get it to look the other way, I would hide in the pantry or, um, or by the staircase. Yeah. I mean, you got to do what you can. And if hiding is the best course of action, then that's what you got to do. It's uh, yeah. it's not going to be good either way. That's that's what I've come to the no. conclusion. Very few people say that they're going to make it out. And I, I love the ones that actually like have a little bit of hope. So, you know, as long <laughs> as you have a slight bit of hope and you're going to hide, you're going to wait it out. Hopefully you can't get through the uh, the pantry doors or, you know, uh, under the stairs or wherever. Hopefully that's a good thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, even even though my chances are pretty much zero, you might as well give it a shot. Luck might be on my side. I know. You know, you're better off going out fighting. That's the way I always put it. But, um, you know, I want to get into, uh, of course, the film and uh, some of the awesome Jurassic stuff that you've done. But first, why don't you bring us back down memory lane and uh, let us know how you first got into Jurassic Park? Because, you know, 25 years, do you do you have a good memory of that first time? Uh, yeah, I mean, I that it came out about a month after I uh, graduated high school. Um, okay. So, I mean, I was definitely old enough to to be excited for that. I've always been a big uh, Steven Spielberg fan. Um, and so when I first heard that he was making Jurassic Park, I was like, what is this thing? Dinosaurs coming back to life. Um, and so I read, the, you know, read the book before the movie came out and just kind of followed the followed the news looking in the you know sci-fi magazines and all that all that kind of stuff uh during the production you know news articles and and everything so by the time the movie came out i was i was ready to go i'd even bought the soundtrack a couple weeks before and listened to that nonstop, just you know excited for for what i was gonna see um so yeah we got to we got to see it the they had sneak previews the night before um, the official release, so June 10th of 1993. Um, I went with my sister-in-law, and uh, she she drove myself and my younger brother and sister to go see it um, at the sneak preview. It was like a 10, 10.30 or 10.15 at night show um, the night before. And it was so, I mean, the theater was packed, and they just kept adding more and more showings Um that night we were lucky to get in because uh, it was full of all these people just super excited to go see the show oh yeah i'm sure yeah that's that's pretty exciting when you get that sneak peek there's there's something special about that kind of feeling you know even though it's like a night before or whatever it's still something special and i i didn't know that they were doing a sneak peek until that until the the evening of i happened to see in the paper on the same day and i was like can we go? <laughs> and uh, I didn't know if we'd be able to. It was actually uh, the same day that my my parents had been divorced for about 11 years. And that was the day they actually got remarried to each other. Oh, wow. And so earlier in the day, we'd been doing, you know, wedding, wedding stuff. Uh, but then in the evening, us kids didn't really have anything to do. So, <laughs> so we went. That's perfect. Oh, my God. That's like yeah. dream day right there. <laughs> I know you saw it a lot of times. You saw it like 25 yeah. times. So what was it um, that made it such a big hit for you right away? And I know, I know you were excited even before the movie came out. But, you know, when you saw that movie, what was it that made it, uh, you know, the right movie to see 25 times? 
Um, I think that a big part of it was was just the escapism and just being able to, um, you know, kind of check all my worries and cares at the door and just sit and go on this adventure, you know, this roller coaster ride where you get to you get to laugh, you get to get scared, you get to see all of these exciting new things that you've never seen before you know you it was the first real really realistic dinosaurs you'd you'd seen um in a movie and so you couldn't just be satisfied with that after seeing it one or two times you know you it it kept being impressive every time you watched the movie so yeah to me that those were the big things you know just being able to go on go on this thrill ride you know, over and over. I mean, how many times if you go to Disneyland or Disney World, you have your favorite rides you want to go on over and over again to to just relive that experience. Yeah, I know. There's something about, uh, you know, being caught up in it that you just never want to leave and you never want to, you know, escape that world. And even though dinosaurs aren't real, you know, anymore today, it's like you just want to still be in that environment and wonder what it would be like if that was real. And you know, seeing it as many times as, as you did or over the years, like you just can't escape it. And I love that mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, almost everybody as a kid is fascinated by dinosaurs. So it's something that's just like deep within you, your entire life is these creatures that, that you've never seen, but have always learned about and wanted to imagine what they were like. Yeah, and we got we've certainly gotten like glimpses of dinosaurs over the years, but until that moment, it never was so real. And mm-hmm. I think that is certainly yeah. what is special. You know, we talk about it all the time. What are the special things about this movie that made it succeed? And yeah, there is just a great collection. Uh, you know, having Steven Spielberg, John Williams team up and uh, getting that CG right. You know, if it was like that stop motion aspect, I don't know if it would have worked as well. You know, like it might we, not, we might not even talk about it anymore. Um, uh-huh. But there, there's just such a culmination of, you know, uh, science and uh, real life stuff that just made it work out so well. And, um, yeah, it's just fun to sit back and just wonder, like, what would have been different about it if they didn't take certain routes? Yeah. 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 And I know um, – you know, for me, I, I noticed a lot of things, and, and I know, you know, you saw it a lot of times, and I, I think I, I was um, watching a video with you where you had mentioned, um, or, or I, f- I forget what it was specifically, but you said you like watching the audience reaction. Um, yeah, yeah. To it, yeah, yeah. that was in the in the contest video. Oh, okay, I yes. That. Yeah. That, um, that to me, is something that I find really special, even today, you know, because over the past... Um, little while we've gotten a few chances to see the movie again and there's mm-hmm. always something in there that uh you know catches somebody's eye or you know makes the kids go wild and i love seeing that reaction yeah my uh my wife and i went to they did the you know the live in concert um with the orchestra um we went and saw that uh they did it locally here a month or two ago and I was so surprised at how many people were reacting to this movie like they'd never seen it before. And I'm like, this has been around for 25 years. Have you guys seriously never seen it? Or are you just so into it? Because the audience was laughing at all the parts, getting scared at all the parts that I got scared of or laughed at the first time, maybe the second. But <laughs> it was just so funny. Yeah. You know what I think it is as well is, um, you know, so many of us, thought we were alone 
You know, like I, uh, I specifically didn't know really much of anybody that was a, a big fan. You know, my cousins who, who sat in the basement with me and played with the toys or maybe one kid at school, um, you know, but there wasn't like a big grouping of people like there is now and that we've come become aware of. So when uh, you get to go to the movies and, and see it, um, you know, for the first time or, or, you know, for the 70th time or whatever – it is very exciting to to have that reaction because we've had so many years over the past 25 years where we just sat and watched it on our couch. So yeah. to be able to share that experience with somebody else is uh, is really it was really special. And then seeing it with, you know, the younger uh, kids and stuff like that, just uh, getting that experience. Because uh, I know one um, one theater near me does like a flashback cinema and they showed it, um, you know, uh, maybe two years ago now. And um, I remember sitting there and I went by myself and then there's like a, a mom with like a bunch of kids. And I was like, mm. wow, this is cool. Like, I wonder how many of those kids have not seen the movie or, or um, have seen it a lot. But they're, you know, this is their first time in a theater with the movie. And it was fun to kind of just get a sense of the room, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's definitely a difference when it's kind of that communal experience. Yeah, and I think... Um, the longer a movie's been around, like the more fun people have, you know, whether it is mm. quoting and, and, you know, when you're watching a movie like for the first time and there's a lot of people like talking and messing around, you're like, hey, guys, stop, you know, like, let's let's cool it. But I don't know when it when it's something like Jurassic Park or a mov- movie that's been around forever and you go and have that com- communal experience. It's a lot of fun to kind of like poke fun at things and just laugh along and just have a good time. <laughs> You've seen the movie a million times, you know, it's not going to get any better, but um, I just love that experience. That's the experience that I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. One thing, when we saw that concert, uh, it was funny because there were a couple things people laughed at when we saw it a couple months ago that they didn't laugh at 25 years ago, like the uh, <laughs> interactive CD-ROM with the touch screen. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a joke back then, but nowadays with all of our smartphones and everything, it's funny. And also, of course, shirtless Ian Malcolm didn't get a laugh in 93, yeah. but it definitely gets a laugh nowadays. Yeah, it really is funny to see how certain things age. Like, yeah, that, that Malcolm bit, like, I, I remember having a conversation just recently with people about, like, when did that become a thing? You know, because... Mm-hmm. It, it was just a part of the movie, and then all of a sudden, it's this, like, cultural icon that, like, they're making <laughs> statues and Funko Pops, and, and you know, people are fawning over that one moment. And, uh, and I, I mean, I agree. It's, it's a fantastic moment, and uh, uh-huh. it's, it's beautiful. But, like, yeah, when did it hit the peak, you know, like, of, of pop culture right there? It's pretty yeah. funny to, uh, to think about. And um, I did not get a chance, though. Uh, to go to the in concert one, um, the one around me was, um, oh, it was right around the time when my son was being born. So I didn't get a chance to go oh, out to that. I was like, I'm not going to skip town and just go out to that when my kid might be <laughs> have a little born. more important things. To do. <laughs> exactly. So, so I didn't, didn't get around to that and it hasn't come back since. Um, uh, but, uh, what, what was your takeaway from that experience? Cause I have seen, I seen Raiders of the Lost Ark and back to the future. Um, mm-hmm. and they are interesting experiences. So what was your takeaway? Um, I thought it was it was interesting. Um, I, you know, I I love film scores, and to me, it actually seemed like seeing it live in concert, the music was less important. Okay, ironically, um, just because you had the live orchestra, I guess, couldn't really reach the heights of the. Re- recorded or- orchestral score in the movie theater um 
Mm-hmm. And it was also outdoors. I don't know if being inside um, uh, inside of a concert hall might have had better acoustics or something like that. But um, it, it was interesting, though, because because you could hear the um, the movie without the soundtrack better. Um, I picked up on, you know, dialogue or audio in the background that I had not heard all of the dozens of times I've seen the movie. <laughs> um, so that was that was really interesting to me. Um, that I was able to catch some of that stuff. And I was like, I have never heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Do you find yourself um, focusing on the movie or do you try to take in the orchestra aspect as well? Because i that's what I kind of do. As I, I'm like, I've seen this movie a lot. Let me just look at the orchestra, see what they're doing, how it all intertwines. That's my favorite part of those experiences. Yeah, that's 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 what I mostly tried to do was I was really watching and, and listening for the orchestra and there were some parts where that were pretty standout parts um i i thought that the the orchestra was perfect for when they did the um the music for the mr dna cartoon um, the animated part the orchestra was like did it perfectly and it was the right size of orchestra to really sound like those you know old studio cartoon kind of kind of soundtracks oh yeah um uh, it was also interesting to see that there was actually less music than I thought. You know, there was a lot of times where I'm like, oh, the orchestra is just resting right now. And I just assumed that the movie was almost nonstop music all these years. Yeah, that that is uh, a great thing to realize. And um, that's one of the things I love about this movie specifically is the time it takes to just to just relax and just take in the atmosphere. Um, you know, a lot of movies today lose themselves in in the score, and it's just become very bombastic and stuff like that. So to kind of sit back and just, you know, hear the jungle um, or yeah. hear uh, yeah. multiple conversations because, you know, there's the, the the raptor scene, you know, or the, you know, when they're at the paddock there and you hear, like, two conversations going on, that would be kind of impossible with, like, music just doubling over. And uh, I like that aspect. And that that's that must be a cool thing to see live because, um, I mean, for, I, feel, I feel like the ones I've seen, Indiana Jones had a lot of music and um, actually <clears throat> Back to the Future has less, I guess. So, um, yeah. yeah, it is interesting. And one thing I've noticed with those kinds of experiences is I notice, like, um, the different sound effects that I'm used to or, or things that I'm used to hearing are like either dropped out or, or missing from the mix somehow. So um, mm-hmm. I was always, that was the thing I was like wondering about when it comes to Jurassic Park. Like, is there any of those sound effects that are like missing from the, the mix? Yeah. To me, I, I, I heard every all the sound effect and audio wise, I heard everything Good. and more um, <laughs> with that one. So so I was pleased with that aspect for sure. Nice. And um, I know you mentioned uh, Disney and stuff like that. Are you a, a big fan of the of the parks? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm I I'm as much of a Disney fan or more than a Jurassic Park fan. In fact, for a long time um, before I switched to the Jurassic bedroom, which I'm sure we'll talk about, um, <laughs> my walls were covered with uh, Disneyland park maps and um, posters and. And stuff. It was. I've had Disney Disney Park room longer, you know, many years. That's incredible. Yeah, that's those are two of my loves right there as well. So yeah, we're we're a good match. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, it's <laughs> uh, it's always fun to look at Jurassic Park as a, a real theme park because I feel like there's a lot of failings uh-huh. there. You know, there's a lot of things that went wrong. Um, that uh, you know, 
even if things didn't go the way they did on that uh, that day in in the mil- in the in the film there um you know as a theme park i think that place would have failed no matter what what's your take on like the theme park aspect of jurassic park yeah it seemed like i mean for one thing um and i guess jurassic world corrected a couple of of, of these things but the original jurassic park um it seemed like there wasn't a ton to do um yeah. you know you go to you go to a regular zoo and there's you know dozens of animals and, and other exhibits um the original jurassic park didn't seem to have a ton to really see and do mm-hmm. um comparatively um and for the prices that you you're probably um gonna pay <laughs> it seemed like um it was maybe i mean obviously it's a thrill of seeing seeing dinosaurs uh living living and breathing but yeah it seemed like it was not very not very well planned out as a theme park to me (laughs) yeah no i don't think so and and yeah you're right uh jurassic world definitely like fixed some of the aspects it definitely broadened the scope um and stuff like jurassic park the game has kind of carried over to different sections of the park where you get to see like a a coaster and stuff like that. And yeah, we, we assume that, that, uh, that, uh, river raft ride was there due to the slides and stuff in the background in the movie. So there, there was certainly more to it. Um, I love, I love, um, the, you know, the initial tour of the facilities when they're sitting down, it's like carousel of progress, essentially, you know, you're getting to see how everything was done. That is, Something I, I wish was expanded upon. Like we actually, I wish we actually got that inside, like the Discovery Center uh, down in Florida. Oh, I wish yeah, that would be yeah. downstairs in that in that like lobby area. That would be fantastic to just kind of tour around, get the full experience. Because you know the the park goers that Grant and, and Malcolm and Ellie were, they just decided, hey, let's. I've had enough of this ride. Yeah, let's-, let's just stop. <laughs> You know, like you, you've really frowned upon upon those people in the parks today when they're breaking the rides or getting out of their seats. You're like, hey guys, let's let's chill. But uh, those those didn't care. They didn't care at all. They're like, I'm out of here. I just want to interrupt everything and just uh, keep moving on. Mm-hmm. But I really wish we got to see more of that because that that's a uh, you know it's it's not a thrilling attraction, but it's uh, something special. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's that's more the Epcot side. <laughs> of Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh man. So, have you um have you gotten a chance to uh or did you go on the Hollywood version of the ride? Um yeah, my wife and I went um I want to say it was 2014 maybe that we went out to Universal Hollywood. Neither of us have been there. Um and so we got to go on that on that we went on Jurassic Park a couple times out there and then um just a few months ago in April uh we took the whole family to Universal Florida which we had never been to either oh nice so we got to do that and got to go to and I enjoyed Jurassic Park out there and and all the unit the universe both the Universal Parks that we'd never never experienced before yeah that um I was just there as well and um you know I've been there a few times and that that park is it's lacking for sure. You know, it doesn't have a ton to do. If you have a family with a kid that can go on Trended on Flyers, that, that might be, you know, a little heightened experience because I didn't get to go on it. I went with a friend of mine and we didn't have a kid with us. So um, there was no chance I was getting on Trended on Flyers. But, uh, you know, we definitely went on the uh, the River Adventure, toured around Camp Jurassic. Did you get to wander around Camp Jurassic at all? Uh, we didn't. Um, we didn't get to wander through there. Uh, the 
the kids kind of just wanted to um, go on rides and not explore as much, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I wanted to. Oh, I'm sure. Course. Yeah. But it, no, yeah, we went. We went on the. We went on the Jurassic Park, the river ride, and into the Discovery Center. Um, we saw the ter- the Pteranodon flyers going around, but we didn't go on there either. My my youngest is eight, so. Oh, okay. Um, we were we're mostly too big for that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a real shame they have capacity issues in that section of the park because like the river adventure is kind of like you know on the older side, and then that ride is certainly on the younger side. So it's like there's no in between. You know, there's nothing that like yeah. caters to everybody, and and I think that's something that's missing from Jurassic Park as you know uh, an island there. Um, so that would be nice to eventually get something. But now they're talking about adding another coaster, which would be on the older side again. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows where it's going? But it is. It's it's a nice place, and if you get to you know spend some time there, I this was the first time I actually got to spend time. Um, usually uh, I'm just like breezing through because there's so much to do in those two parks. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it's it definitely represents. I think what uh, John Hammond was trying to bring to life, certainly with a park that had very little, you know, very few attractions. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was a great, it was a great area. And I loved, I loved their, you know, where they have the Spinosaurus and the T-Rex that you can kind of pose with. And stuff. Yeah. I, uh, I, we really wanted to do the Raptor encounter, but it just kept not being the right time for us to go to go do that you'd think we had three or four days there you'd think we could have seen everything we wanted to but we ended up skipping so many things yeah it's very tough you know i i had like two and a half days and i didn't get to do everything um i wanted to do either it's such a bummer you know because you're like wow i don't know when i'm gonna get back and um you know I, i think about that like in terms of even jurassic park itself in the movie like imagine spending two thousand to ten thousand dollars a day and then you're like well i didn't get to do everything i or or even specifically i didn't see any dinosaurs (laughs) Like, yeah, they didn't happen to have any dinosaurs on on their dinosaur tour, and I, I just missed them because they were all in the in the jungle. So that's the yeah. things that I'm like, well, that wasn't wasn't very uh, well planned, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way it goes. They needed to needed to think a little bit more about uh, how how to get the dinosaurs more visible, I guess. Yeah, what, they just needed to pull down the fences. Then. Uh, yeah. Then, we saw plenty of dinosaurs. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need to do. There's there's <laughs> definitely a lot to interact with at that point. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's not the experience I want. But, um, no. you know, I'd like to see them for sure. But, uh, you know, if, as long as you can hide in the kitchen, I think uh, I think you're good. <laughs> um, do you exactly. think uh, do you think John Hammond uh, is delusional or do you think he's, uh, you know, good hearted or? you know, bad natured. What, what's your take on John Hammond uh, throughout that movie? Um, no, I think, I, I think that, that the movie version of John Hammond, I think that he had, that he had overall positive, positive intentions. I, I liked him. I like him as a character. I like what he was trying to do. Um, even if he, even if he was maybe a little bit, um, wrong in his approach mm-hmm. i i think i i like i like that he was trying to do something fun and fun and interesting he just maybe didn't have the best the best way of going about it or the best team to have him think a little critically i think he probably didn't have a lot of people that were willing to say no to him 
Oh yeah. So yeah. Just he kind of just got what it whatever he wanted, whether it was the best way to do it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, and I I wondered I wonder this a lot um, for for a lot of fans and stuff. You know, we learn a lot about John Hammond as the years have gone on. Um, you know, I didn't specifically see him as a very scientific guy. Um, I kind mm-hmm. of saw him as an idea guy, and we do you know we do see that he is Doctor uh, John Hammond in the Lost World at the end of the movie there on the uh, the, uh-huh. the TV screen, and then you know we come to learn now in, in the new movies that like. You know, he was he was hands deep in that project. You know, he was part of the creation pro- process there. Do you is that the concept that you get? You know, when you watch that first movie, do you see him as a, a scientific man, or do you see him as more of like the entrepreneur uh, idea guy? No, I definitely I definitely saw him more as um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be the publicizing and and getting people together and trying to convince people and you know get the money behind it and here's my fun idea now you guys make it work i didn't i didn't necessarily see him as hands-on um let's let's really get things get things done even with one you know wanting to be there when every dinosaur was born in the in the nursery area i think it felt more like he just wanted to have his name associated with something and be a part of it rather than I want to be involved in the science of it for science's sake. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm thinking as well. I mean, I, I never, never thought he was a scientific guy. It kind of seemed like he's like, oh, I don't know what they're doing they're, You know, they're, they're going to make dinosaurs down there. I, I gave him some money and all, but uh, you know, I let them do their thing. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, it's interesting to learn different facts along the way and uh, kind of interpret things a little bit differently as you're watching back and uh, finding out all these new traits. And, uh, you know, it's fun. But I want to dive back into you a little bit, Um, you know, over the past, you know, well, before Jurassic World, we had, uh, what, 14 years or so. How, How did you keep like the fandom alive for you? Um, during those times, like the dark years for us as Jurassic fans? Uh, well, I mean, I, I kept watching the movies on, on DVD. Um, and you know, they did, uh, they did put the movie out in IMAX 3d, uh, for Mm -hmm. the 20th anniversary. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what, what we did is just we watched the movies a lot as a family, and of course I listened to the soundtracks all the time. Um, there wasn't yeah. much else to do in that no. in that dark those dark days. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, you know, if you're if you had theme parks, you know, you could go to that. You can listen to the score and certainly see mm-hmm. the movies. Um, but yeah, and toys, I guess. Were you into the collecting aspect of of Jurassic? Um, when, the, when the first movie came out, um, I didn't really get toys too much, but I did have my own, I had my own little display in my room with like, um, a bunch of like the, the candy packaging and yeah. some of the other little, um, little things, um, any ads that I could find in, in magazines and stuff that I kind of put up on the walls, um, so not I wasn't as much into the toys. I mean, I was, uh, you know, I was 18 and out of high school and trying to trying to figure out what I was doing with my life. And uh, 
I was kind of bouncing between between living in Arizona and in Utah at the time, so I didn't have didn't really have the money or interest to get into the into the toys. I got into them um, maybe a a little a little more um, the past the past couple of years just because my uh, you know my boys are um, around that the younger ones are around that age where they're a little more interested in toys, but. In general, not not too much with the toys. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, uh, by the time Jurassic Park three rolled around, I was I think I was in high school. Yeah, and I had you know gotten off the boat a little bit around that time as far as the toys were concerned as well. I mean, there was certainly a drop off in in uh, you know the the way things were made and and stuff like that, but. Um, I definitely kind of like lost my way in terms of that. I let a lot of this stuff go and, um, you know, didn't, didn't follow through with my fandom aside from watching the movie and listening to the score. So for me, it was, it was certainly like you, you had said where it's like, well, I mean, what was there to do? I mean, I could reread the book. I, I, you know, I can, I can do, do watch the movie a bunch of times. But aside from that, like there wasn't much. All my toys, because I was a little bit younger, but I had a lot of the toys, so they were all just in boxes or you know somewhere in the basement. So all that stuff just kind of faded away, and then there was just a lot of years in between Jurassic Park three and Jurassic World. So you know, it's I like hearing like how people kept it alive because you know you're still a big fan, and and somehow we're still here talking about it. Uh-huh. Well, and, and uh, of course, during during those a lot of those years, there was also Star Wars, which you know, Star Wars was a little more my generation. <laughs> um, as far as you know, when I was a kid, all you know, Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back, and those Star Wars was bigger toy wise for me because I was that age. So yeah. um, then, when the newer Star Wars movies came out, my, you know, my kids were really into those. So. Jurassic Park was kind of fading in darkness, but Star Wars was was right there. So that's kind of where most of the toy stuff went. If my kids were the ages that they were, um, you know, in the early thousands, I would be buying them so many more uh, Jurassic Park toys. (laughs) I see all this stuff. I'm like, man, if my kids were six, seven, eight, I'd be getting these so quick for them. Yeah. That, that's uh, uh, something I wanted to talk about as well because, you know, you have a few kids there. And, and when did you, um, you know, introduce them into the series? Because, I mean, it's kind of like a personal question from me because I kind of need those tips as well because well, my kid's a little young at this point. So um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like, how do you introduce them and, and what's the best way? Like, what was your uh, way to go about that? Uh, well, um I mean, the the movies were just you know on fairly regularly um, since they've come out. But um, my oldest child, um, when Jurassic Park three came out, was that two thousand three? Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Oh, even earlier. So she was so she was like two years old, but we took her to see it with us when we saw it. Um, she was real good in the movie and enjoyed watching it. And then when I wanted to go back and see it a second time, she at two years old wanted to come with me. Oh man. So that's awesome. <laughs> so she, she's the biggest Jurassic park fan of all of the kids in uh, all of my kids. Um, so, you know, after that, you know, it was just the movies were on a lot. Um, so all my kids have seen them. Um, 
the when the when Jurassic World came out, uh, my uh, two youngest boys were basically the perfect age for that. Oh, so yeah. uh, especially my my boy that's thirteen now, uh, he was really into Jurassic the first Jurassic World a couple years ago, and um, you know has t-shirts and posters and stuff he he really loved the that one that was his jurassic park i guess you could say yeah Um, that's that's pretty amazing you know to see them have maybe the same kind of reaction you did you know that that's pretty awesome that's that's what i'm hoping for at least you know because i'm sitting here like oh man there's so many good movies i have to introduce to my kid like i hope he likes them you know like that's a worry for me (laughs) is like man what if he doesn't like jurassic park then what (laughs) Yeah, it's it's tough because the, the there's been plenty of movies that I've shown them and they're like, nah, I don't care about this movie or that movie. Um, you know, some of them they like, but um, you know, I've got I've got one son that doesn't really care about Jurassic Park, doesn't like it at all, really. <laughs> um, and I, I'm not disowning him or anything, but uh, <laughs> you know, you, you just part of it is that it has to catch him at the right time and in the right way for it to really be something that that is long lasting for him so if you if you make it good positive memories of seeing it together then um i think they'll have a great time yeah i think that's the best way to go about it and and you're right it is it is about when you see the movie so finding that right time is certainly special and and this series is interesting because you know it spanned a, a bunch of years there you had 90 93 97 2001 2015 and and 2018 so you're hitting everybody at different times and it, it's it's interesting to see that you know Jurassic Park 3 has that same feeling for a lot of people you know as we had for Jurassic Park so i do find that very interesting that you know it misses the boat with some but uh hits it just right for others it, it is pretty uh, interesting to look back on yeah yeah definitely and i'm sure if they make you know Jurassic Park 9 or whatever <laughs> when i'm when i'm a senior citizen or something that i'll be sitting there as a senior citizen loving Jurassic Park nine and there'll be teenagers and other kids that are experiencing it for the first time. And they'll be like, why is this old geezer here at the movie? (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. I know. I I worry about that specifically more so with like star Wars because they're Uh never, they're never going to stop making that movie or or that series, you know? So I'm like, Oh man, I hope I last, you know, as long as this franchise does, but it's probably going to keep going past me. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know about Jurassic. Maybe they'll maybe they'll cut it short and just end it. Uh, maybe that would be nice yeah. and and fulfilling for us. But uh, I don't know. Who knows? In in another thirty years, we might be talking about reboots and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I um I have an interesting relationship with the movie too because um I, I've come across things, especially talking about it, um almost on a daily basis here, like. That I, I have either misinterpreted or things that have like been surprising to me. Um, is there anything that like stands out to you that was like, oh my god, like I never, I never considered it that, like that, or or I never thought of it that way, or you completely misinterpreted something? Is there anything that you can think of that kind of stands out in those ways? Hmm, it's a question that takes a little bit of thought. You know, when I'll I'll say this because I know I, I've I've mentioned it here on the podcast, but. Um, one of the funny things that I misinterpreted completely was, 
um, you know, when the tour starts and, and they're in the vehicles, and I, I, I had thought that, um, you know, John Hammond sitting there doing the speech, the voice you're hearing is is Richard Kiley, We Spared No Expense. And mm-hmm. then, then, then it cuts to inside the vehicles and you hear Richard Kiley. Um, mm-hmm. um, my interpretation was that John Hammond was doing all those lines. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that he was sitting in the booth the entire tour doing that line and, and s- pretending to be Richard Kiley. It was some sort of voice manipulation manipulation thing. And mm-hmm. I don't know why I considered that a, 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 an option, but apparently that's what my mind chose. And so when I like had that discussion here and like that revelation here on the podcast, I was like, oh my God, that that's not that's not accurate whatsoever. What was I thinking? Like, it's just a, he's like saying, Hey, this recording you're about to hear is Richard Kylie. We spared no expense. And then he pressed play. Like I was just way off. It's, I can't believe that happened. It's just so funny that, uh, stuff like that is still revealing itself. And even when I just saw it, um, where'd I see it? Um, I don't know where it was. Some, uh, maybe it was at that, you know, flashback cinema, I had noticed that like there's cargo netting up in the trees during the Brachiosaurus scene when they're when they're about to go to sleep up there. Uh, I'm like, oh. what? what is cargo netting up there? I've never seen that in my life. So you know, if if anybody out there has not seen it, keep your eyes out. It's pretty interesting. It's not very noticeable when you watch it over you know TV for 25 years, but you know when you see it on a big screen and things are a bit wider and bigger, you notice a lot more. One thing that took me far too long to figure out um on the first movie was um when when alan is climbing down the side of the wall after the, you know the t-rex scene and lex has her arms around him and is like basically choking him i could not for the life of me figure out what dr grant was saying to lex <laughs> and i was like uh, i was married you know it, it had been it been many years and I was like, we were watching it, and I was like, I have no idea what he says there. And my wife's like, he's saying, Lex, you're choking, you're choking me. <laughs> like, I can't hear it. And we we turned on the um, subtitles, yeah, to see it. And it, I just all those years that I'd watched it, I could not figure out what he was trying to say. I knew that he was having trouble saying whatever it was, but yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I like that because there are things like that where you just don't understand, especially like he's trying to do his best like American accent and stuff like that throughout mm-hmm. the movie. And sometimes you're like, I just I don't know what he's saying there. Like, you know, it's a little tough. And then everybody else basically has an accent throughout the movie. So it's yeah. it's pretty funny, especially stuff like that. You know, he's he's being choked and you're like, oh, wait, what is he saying? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, the reason or what some of the reasons here we have you on the show today is 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 you are a super fan and um, you you won a contest. But before that, uh, one of the reasons that like I feel like helped certainly to to get you that uh, that win, that big win uh, was Jurassic Bedroom. So uh-huh. I want to talk about that. So essentially what you did was transform your entire bedroom into a complete Jurassic lair. Um, talk about that a little bit. Like what gave you the idea to do that? Uh, so one of the first things was um, there's, there are these, uh, this hotel chain bed and breakfast chain um, in our area where each of the rooms in the bed and breakfast is 
highly themed to different things. So there's a Swiss Family Robinson room oh, and a Treasure cool. Island room. So, you know, there's all these different um, themed, basically themed bedrooms um, in the bed and breakfast. And uh, it's a place that my wife and I have gone to, um, you know, several times. And we said, you know, if we ever if we ever own our own house, we want to remodel our bedroom to be some sort of themed bedroom. Um, and so we were trying to figure out, uh, we, we were buying it. We bought a townhouse, um, a couple of years ago. And so we, as we were getting ready to buy it, you know, we were thinking, well, how are we going to theme our bedroom? <laughs> trying to come up with all these different ideas. And finally we settled on something that my wife and I both love, which is Jurassic park. Um, and it seemed like that would be what, something that had a lot of visual interest and could be a really fun, um, bedroom design. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of the that was kind of the jumping off point, and then we had to figure out, okay, well, how are we going to take this bedroom and turn it into something interesting? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, I I was watching through uh, a bunch of videos. Uh, you have you posted your own video um, showcasing mm. it, and it was part of your your uh, JP twenty five contest video. And I even saw it on the news. You, you ha- there's a video of you know your room being covered on the news. I thought that was that's pretty uh, yeah. pretty awesome. What yeah. was that like to have the? Did you have like a news crew? I guess come down and, and take some video for you. Yeah, because um, it was um, it was the weekend that that the that Fallen Kingdom came out, and I and I just thought to myself, well, maybe if I let the news station know that I'm doing this, they might find it interesting. So I just, um, you know, I emailed them and said, if this is of interest to you, just let me know. And they said, yeah. And um, one of the reporters is a big Jurassic Park fan, and he said, I want to go do it. And so he came. They came over to the house and interviewed me and filmed uh, filmed in the bedroom and I had my little fifteen minutes of fame. I guess <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. You know, I, I kind of got the sense that that uh, the the reporter there had a good knowledge base for Jurassic Park because he was like throwing mm-hmm. in some some quotes and stuff yeah, in, the, in the there. Quotes I was things, like, man, yeah. he he's got it. He knows what's up. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. But yeah, man, I loved everything that you got going on there. Like, I think my favorite part was probably like the the mural like uh, of the visitor center behind the bed there. That that was pretty oh, awesome. Yeah. That, and that that was basically the last part of it that I that I put together. Um I was dreading doing that wall because it was kind of the most complicated and um we would have to have the bed moved out of the way for a couple of days and stuff. So Yeah. Glad, I'm glad you like that one. That yeah, part. yeah, yeah. And you got like the doors painted, it looks like. And uh, even, you know, straight over to the bathroom, you know, you've got like the uh, little cabana style thing over there. And it's inside the bathroom. You have the, the mirror covered with like uh, the objects are closer than they appear. It's like there's so much going on and so many details that like, you know, just to peel apart. I love it. And you, you really spent the time to do this. And, and it shows that you're like super dedicated. Uh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I, I have a lot of fun trying to figure out what to stick in the room and, and what I unfortunately had to leave out. And <laughs> I had to, I had to like watch basically with a, with a microscope, some of the clips from the movies to try to get some of the details as accurate as I could. And, um, <laughs> try and figure out exactly how things looked. And there's the, the one wall that has the, you know, the park systems buttons and things. Yeah. And I had to 
watch uh, clips over and over and pause, freeze frame, and zoom in <laughs> to try to get all the titles of all the different buttons she turns on and things. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I did some in-depth research on some of those some of those things to try to get it right. Oh, that's incredible, man. That's that's awesome, and especially like you know your wife is is totally on board for that as well. I think that's that's special. That's awesome that you can both like cherish that and and uh, you know just enjoy that room together. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun, and she 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 did a lot of the wood you know woodworking type things. She cut out the pieces for the um, the visitor center headboard and some of the other other bigger details um, and. Me, since I'm an animator, illustrator, did a lot of the detail detail work and things. But, um, yeah, she definitely helped out. Yeah, it was a joint venture. That's awesome. Yeah, you can tell, like, you've got some artistry there. You know, you, you did something uh, not a lot of people can do. I think that's pretty pretty awesome. And do you think, Thanks. like, did Jurassic Park, like, have a hand in, in you know, your, your career at any aspect? Like, becoming, uh, you know, an animator or something like that? Um, I, I think there was definitely um, an influence as far as just as far as um, the storytelling side of things go. I mean, like I said, I, I had graduated high school and so I was already already in the mindset of wanting to do something with uh, film or animation. Um, but Jurassic Park definitely um, definitely has an influence on wanting to do something that, you know, wanting to make things that are engaging and, and, um, entertaining and, and unique. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, that definitely shows, especially with the, uh, the 25th anniversary, uh, contest. So this, you know, if, if anybody's not aware uh, earlier in the year, uh, Tongle and, and I guess Universal kind of partnered up for uh, Jurassic Park 25th, 25th anniversary uh, contest. You could either, you know, relive the franchise or I think it was recreate. Was it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Clips. So you could, yeah, you could recreate clips and, and, you know, we saw that showcased even on the big screen and stuff like that for a lot of people. And then the relive one, um, you know, I think they picked like 25 uh, different um, winners and stuff like that. And, you know, yours was top, you know, I, I submitted one. I know a lot of people that submitted, it's funny to like scroll through and I'm like, man, Hey, I know that person. I know that person. Like so many people were hugely influenced by this movie and, um, had a lot to say about it. So, yeah. you know, submitting the videos and then like seeing the, the results, I saw your video and I'm like, all right. Yep. That makes sense. Like <laughs> he definitely won. Like there's, there's a good reason why he won. And, and it was pretty awesome. You know, you essentially, kind of like created your own um you know version of that that tour video in a way like with <sighs> mr dna i thought that was brilliant oh thanks thanks yeah, yeah. i i almost didn't enter it oh wow um, i i kind of waffled back and forth on it because i was in the middle of doing you know work projects and things like that and i'm like do i have time to do it and then i was like it's jurassic park it's the 25th anniversary i just have to go for it even if nothing happens, I just I just got to do it. So yeah. I just kind of buckled down within a few days, tried to hurry and get it get it done and and submitted. So oh, man, that's I was that's funny. I was surprised that I won. <laughs> Were you? Yeah. You know, I, yeah. it's funny because like 
looking at yours and everybody did such a great job, but you took it to the next level and you animated and you, you had like a full story going on in there, which was crazy. And, and to hear you, you're like, ah, I don't know, should I do it? Should I submit it? And then you said a couple days, I'm like, my mind's blown because like you did an incredible job and seeing that come to life, like it's pretty, it's pretty fantastic. And like, uh, what was the, the character's name? It was a uh, Mr. Ticket stub, uh, Mr. right? Ticket stub. That, yeah. that was brilliant. Like Mr. DNA just customized to look like ticket stubs. That was amazing. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I, I, that was, I guess a, a little bit of inspiration that came there. Cause uh, you know, I, I knew as an animator, I kind of, you know, I had to do something animated. Um, and then when I thought about, well, I've seen it so many times, I've got all these ticket stubs. I just sort of, it just sort of meshed together there. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely hit all the right notes, you know, cause they wanted people to basically like tell why, you know, Jurassic Park has impacted their lives or, or talk about the first time you saw it or a moment that made people like jump out of their skin. Uh, so mm-hmm. you, you definitely hit it right by, you know, touching on a lot of different aspects, whether it was like how many times you saw it, uh, the fact that it was nearly completely animated with with like, you know, Mr. DNA in a way and uh, telling uh-huh. the story of your first viewing. I think it it hit all the right notes and uh, it was perfect and definitely deserved that win. That's that's awesome. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, they said you could enter it. I don't know, up to five times or something. I don't remember what it was. And I said, Initially, I was like, oh, I'll make all these videos, increase all my chances. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't have time for that. I'm just going to try and do one that covers, you know, all the all the things that I love most about it and whatever. Yeah, it, it, it was a tough process, you know, especially with all the rules and regulations that they had. It was almost mm-hmm. more beneficial to just not enter it you know like they made it so difficult to actually enter that you know when i submitted my video i was like i don't even know if i like did i do this right like am am i allowed to include this or that or say this or that like i didn't want to like mess up my chances and then filling out all the forms and so it was like oh man i don't know if it's actually going to work out uh so Mm -hmm. it was an interesting process and i i thought it was a lot of fun and and uh i guess that website runs a lot it was and to see again to see everybody in the fan community, um, all their different approaches to it. Yeah, yeah, and I know they they gave out a lot of prizes. There was there was money, mm-hmm. and I'm actually wearing the T-shirt right now because I, I I was oh, yeah. one of the <laughs> one of the runners up, you know. So I have the T-shirt here for the 25th anniversary. It's awesome shirt. Like, what was your the outcome for you, like for taking that uh, that top spot? Um. Yeah. Well, there was. I mean, there was the there was the prize money. Um, and then there was also a prize prize package um, that I think I may have posted some pictures online of it when I got it. There was um, the Jurassic Park theatrical poster that w- was signed by Jeff Goldblum. So that was a oh, big, man. exciting thing for me. Um, and then there was a whole bunch of Jurassic Park toys that, uh, that came, um, including... The Spinosaurus, which I didn't know at the time was a very rare <laughs> wow. toy. Um, That's incredible. But yeah, I, uh, then I saw online that everybody's desperate to get it. And I've seen the, the stuff today of people trying to get it on uh, Target and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I had no idea that it was a big fancy rare thing. And so that's exciting. So yeah, I've got all the <laughs> dinosaurs on the different shelves here in my room on display and 
That's uh, fantastic. Yeah. Look, I mean, hey, if they sent you that alone, I'd be like pretty thrilled. You know, like yeah, especially knowing yeah. how how rare it is these days. That's that's pretty awesome in itself. Yeah, that was that was pretty exciting. That's pretty exciting. My uh, one of my boys wants wants some of the toys, and I <laughs> had to tell him like I like I did with uh, my Star Wars toys a, a decade ago. I was like, oh, you can have them when I'm dead. <laughs> But then I eventually gave in and let him have some of the Star Wars toys. So oh, I see, we'll see yeah. if that happens with the dinosaurs too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough. I've got all mine sitting here and I'm like, well, I uh, I, I guess I'll let you play with some of these new ones maybe. maybe we'll, we'll stick with those. <laughs> the old ones, the 25-year ones, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll, we'll take it uh, step by step. <laughs> But, um, you know, we're, we're kind of winding down here. So I wanted to okay. do something uh, a little fun. You know, we it's somewhat new that we've introduced this, uh, but I think uh, I think a lot of people enjoy it. So we're going to do um, uh, a rapid fire questionnaire in 60 seconds. So all you have to do is either answer uh, yes or no or or give a little insight into whatever the uh, question is. Sometimes there's you know, it's not yes or no, so you'll you'll see. But um, okay. I, I just want to get an insight into like how you really feel about this franchise. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm scared. Yeah, you should be. You should be. It's <laughs> it's a scary it's a scary uh, prospect here. All right. So are you ready? Yes. All right. Three, two, one. All right. Jurassic Park, The Lost World, Jurassic Park Three, or Jurassic World, or Fallen Kingdom. Jurassic Park. All right. Feathers or no feathers? Uh, no feathers. Jurassic Park in Orlando or Hollywood? Orlando. Gymnastic scene? Yes or no? Yes. Alan Grant or Ian Malcolm? Alan Grant. San Diego? Yes or no? Yes. Sarah Harding or Claire Deering? Claire. Is Ben Hildebrand the worst? Yes or no? Michael Giacchino or Don Davis? Michael Giacchino. Novel or film? Oh, film? (laughs) Should Kelly have been cut from the team? Yes or no? No. Tostito Dome or Pepsi Saurus? Tostito Dome. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Time's up. Oh, man, that was fun. I like doing that. (laughs) I hope I got a good grade. I think so. I, uh, you know, I was kind of like thinking about the answers in my head, and I think you uh, you hit them right on the spot. So that's pretty good. Good. So we know we definitely know what kind of fan you are now. <laughs> Although but, I do have a special love for Jurassic Park three. You know, yeah, you got brand, it. No, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Ben's fault. Come on, man. Yeah. But um, I want to thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show. You know, it uh, you you're, you definitely show that you are a special kind of fan with the amazing projects that you put together uh, with Jurassic Bedroom and and the heartfelt you know win that you got with the 25th anniversary contest. Like that was amazing. So you know, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about the 25th anniversary and and your projects there. So uh, I really appreciate that. Oh, not a problem. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, so you know, if anybody out there wants to reach out to you and find you online, where where's some uh, places that they can do that? Um, well, um, if they want to see more about the Jurassic Bedroom, they can go to JurassicBedroom.blogspot.com. Um, I'm also on uh, YouTube. Um, 
It's uh, under my name, Andres Peterson. I can give you links to anything. Yeah, yeah. I'll include Um, everything in the show notes as well for anybody. And then uh, if they're interested in my my other art and animation, um, they can visit my portfolio blog uh, on Facebook or on uh, Blogspot or YouTube. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, just like I said, if anybody wants to find those links, make sure to head to our show notes. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, hope to talk to you again soon. All right. Sounds great. Thanks. Thank you. biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. The most phenomenal discovery of our time How'd you do this? becomes the greatest adventure of all time. Can I touch it? Sure. Universal Pictures presents You feel that? Hold on to your butts. A Steven Spielberg film. Senses are failing all over the park. Yeah, that's nice. Gotta go. An adventure. Look out! No! I can't get Jurassic Park back online. 65 million years in the making. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park stomped into our lives on the big screen on June 11th, 1993, capturing 50.1 million in its opening weekend. It spawned four sequels, over five major theme park attractions, grossed nearly five billion worldwide between those five films. But none of those facts and numbers actually matter. What matters is the legacy. Sure, those things help to keep it alive. But so did you. We all did. 25 years later, we are still talking about it. More than ever, actually. So what is it? What kept it alive for you? I know I was 7 years old when the movie came out in 1993. I am now 33. And uh, I'm still here. We're still here talking about it. Every week. And uh, yeah, this is a weekly podcast. But uh, we can't help but talk about it every single day. Nobody's forcing us. Nobody's forcing us to hang out on Twitter in group messages and uh, all over the world meeting each other and, and discussing it. Nobody's forcing us to do that. After 25 years, we are all here together figuring it all out and still wondering about all those concepts, marveling at the way they built these movies, the way it all started. It's still mesmerizing, to be honest. I, I, I can't get it straight in my head how... They managed to build something so impressive that people still talk about it today. After all the progressions in the film industry and recording and everything out there, acting, all all that stuff, we still go back to 1993 and look at Jurassic Park and say, that's a standard. You have to beat that. And I know for a lot of us, nothing has. For me, Jurassic Park is a connection to... All of you. And over these past few years that I've been doing this podcast, I have met so many incredible people. 
And I, I continually talk about how I thought I was alone, that there was nobody else out there aside from my cousin and sister and maybe a few others that I knew. Um, but there's a lot of you guys, and that has been one of the most important things over these past 25 years is discovering how many other fans are out there and how it really impacts you all as well enough to continue talking about it. I have talked about my love of these movies over, what, what episode are we on? We're on 176 right now, um, and we're even over 200, including all the bonus and everything else. But I have talked about it in all those episodes, and it still impresses me. You know, sitting here at my desk in the studio, looking at the toys and the merchandise and the posters and all that stuff, I'm still in awe of how well it's all created and how good it looks. And even the fan art that I have here, it, it just blows me away that this movie has changed, you know, people more than myself. It, it's, it's created amazing artists. It has uh, created filmmakers and paleontologists, uh, people that have actually taken this and gone into legit careers. Um, I know when I was watching Jurassic Park, I, um, I remember being like upset that I wasn't Joseph Mazzello. Now, if you don't know him by name, that is Tim Murphy from Jurassic Park. Um, I was obsessed with that character as a kid and and because I was that kid. That was me. I was obsessed with dinosaurs. I knew all the facts um, and I loved that movie so, so much that I was like, why couldn't I have been that kid? So it's a weird feeling, a weird memory, but you get attached to things and you just want to be a part of them so, so much. So to be honest, this this podcast is my outlet to be a part of it. I wanted to dig up dinosaurs. I wanted to be Alan Grant. I wanted to go out into the desert and uh, use a paintbrush and just kind of wipe away all the sand and just find something real. And I wanted to find something real, you know, even in my backyard. I just wanted to find a dinosaur, be the one to help uncover something like that. But, you know, I, uh, I never took that path. And I also, I'm, I'm so hugely into... Um, film and, and everything like that and I think Steven Spielberg and uh, you know everybody who made that movie if, helped forge the path for me to get into that uh, genre I guess uh, I'm, I'm still hugely into filming and uh, taking videos and doing all that and, and of course on a much smaller scale but it has helped uh, me to be super interested in something like that and I've always wanted to be in that field, um, specifically being a director, I always wanted to be a director uh, and direct big movies and, and or even small things, music videos, anything. I, uh, I always wanted to do that. I've never taken that route, but I have, like I said, always been interested in filming um, and, and stuff like that. So that's why I feel like the YouTube channels are, are so fun because it helps me live that outlet. And of, of course, the music of John Williams has inspired me to be a musician and stuff like that. And I, I, I never took that any farther than just being able to play instruments. But I did at one point wanted to study music and, and just learn to be somebody in the vein of John Williams. But, you know, I just never took any of these routes. But here I am with an amazing hobby, being able to talk to so, so many of you people because of this movie, because I love this franchise, this, this film so, so much. It is truly special to at least be 
in the discussion when it comes to Jurassic Park to be somebody that you guys go to to discuss it with and to ask questions and you know I may not know everything that's for sure I don't know everything about it and I don't I don't try to I like to just discuss a lot of this for fun and, and all that so um, but I, I really um, find it so um, fulfilling that you know anybody reaches out to us here on the podcast and myself included uh to be um in the discussion or be tagged in a tweet with colin trevorrow and the the official jurassic world account or frank marshall or anybody like that i just find it so thrilling that you guys even think of us and me in that vein so that that's really surprising and uh you know, inspiring to me to be better and to do better things and, and to produce content that um, is worthy of, of people to watch and to listen to and to just experience. Because um, that's that's what I set out to do is to create an amazing audio experience for Jurassic fans, something that you could, uh, you know, feel a part of and feel like you're a part of the franchise and the movie and all that. That's what I wanted to do. And I think we've uh, accomplished that here. The funny thing about this all is that I I talk to all of you more than I talk to almost anybody else. We are all great friends, and I I love that about this. And I never would have expected that back in 1993, being a seven-year-old, thinking, you know, when I'm 33, I'm going to have a huge assemblage of friends and, and people that I am ecstatic to talk with every day. And to be good friends, to meet in person, and to to do all these crazy things together. It's, it's such a great experience to know everybody out there and to be a part of something big. I think the Jurassic fandom has, has been undervalued in the past 25 years. But for some reason, the 25th anniversary has sparked something in the powers that be. To realize that there is a fandom out there. There are people that obsess over this every single day, like myself, like you guys. And they really have treated us well this year. And I I hope that continues because these are the things that I'm looking forward to, you know, meeting everybody else, going to fan conventions that I can attend, uh, you know, going to the theme parks, doing all those things, collecting the toys, producing videos for you guys. It it is all exciting to me that I, I get to do any of this stuff. It really, really, really makes me nostalgic just sitting here uh, talking heart to heart with no script and just, you know, looking at all the stuff I have around me and thinking about all those times on my hands and knees on the, the, the rough carpet floor of my old basement in my parents' house and just playing with these toys and, and you know, taking the high hide up into a shelf or, you know taking the um, Ian Malcolm glider and just flying around my basement over top of all the herds of dinosaurs and, you know, being there in a special moment with my cousin and my sister and just, just living Jurassic Park. You know, some people find it weird and, and, and wonder why, why do you collect these things? Why are you so obsessed with something like a movie or just Jurassic Park in general. And those are the reasons because it brings you back. It makes you feel something that you just you can't feel anymore. It's gone otherwise. You know, if 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 these toys are not here, maybe the memories disappear. I mean, I hope not. I I hope that's not the case, but 
it could be possible that you know once you purge everything out of your system and out of your life it, it, those memories are gone and i don't want that i want to be able to remember that time it was it was special it was you know carefree and and innocent so there's no reason to be embarrassed about being a fan for 25 years and to show your passion for something to talk about it with people in public and 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 collect all these crazy figures and toys and and even the new ones 25 years later there's there's something special about it that we should never be ashamed of or embarrassed about and and that's what i love you know because these do mean something they all mean something and being able to sit here week after week and talk about that is special to me but you know enough of my story this is bigger than me so i want to hear from everybody else that i reached out to um certainly at last second uh but they all came through and sent in some amazing audio clips uh just telling us you know their story i think you'll have a lot of similarities in some of these stories and you'll connect just as much as we all have you know this podcast has always been about hearing everybody's story and and connecting dots together because if i've learned anything from doing this over the past few years it's that while we all have separate experiences we've all experienced this in nearly the same way so without further ado let's hear from tom fishenden arjun boss jurassic becky jack delamere travis stevens james hawkins steve hurl Tall, aka the Traveling Clat and operator of the Dinosaur Channel, Lore Legends, Jay Jurassic, Clayton Fioriti, Jen Durst, aka Jurassic Jen, Victoria of Victoria's Cantina and the Cantina Chatter Podcast, and Aaron Beyer. Obviously, Jurassic Park is a franchise which is very, very special to many of us, uh, myself included. I absolutely love Jurassic Park. I'm thankful for everything it's built. Um, it has brought to the film industry, some of the amazing actors and actresses it has presented us with, and a lot of the storytelling concepts that are still applicable today. But I think fundamentally, on this 25th anniversary, that is not the important thing to note. The important thing to note is the absolutely amazing longevity of this franchise. 25 years later, new people are still discovering these films, they're still discovering a passion for dinosaurs and paleontology, and that is made possible because of the amazing work of Michael Crichton and Steven Spielberg. Now, obviously, uh, the amazing Colin Trevorrow, J.A. Bayona, Emily Carmichael, and everyone else has really helped keep this alive with the new saga of films that we're getting. Um, but even then, this cult classic really still reigns true. And I think it speaks volumes when you have things like the JP25 fan meetup, JP25 in concert, and you still get vast numbers of people attending these shows going to these meetups and connecting with like-minded individuals. It really, really shows that this is a franchise that's here to stay. There are generations upon generations built on this franchise and that there will continue to be generations built upon it. Um, just the other day, actually, I was out at a local petrol station. My mum was filling up the car and we saw a 
young child in a original Jurassic Park t-shirt. Not a 25th anniversary one, but an original one. And that kind of really, for me, pushes the envelope home that these films will continue to inspire people and continue to encourage that childhood love in dinosaurs that we all have. Um, They're very, very special. The films still hold up. And I think that, you know, we're in for another 25 years of incredible experiences, events, storytelling, and much, much more. I'm very, very thankful that the films have brought in so many amazing people in my life. I mean, if it wasn't for Jurassic Park, I wouldn't have become friends with Brad, Aaron, Steve, James, AJ, everyone else here on the podcast, Arjun, um, further afield, some of the people from Jurassic Outpost like Jack, Chris and Alex, and even, you know, my friends like Sonny, um, Dan, other people, you know. I've met so many people because of this franchise, and I think that really goes to show that these 25 years are more than just a film, they are a community, and the community has never been so vibrant and prosperous as it is today, and it will only continue to grow in the next 25 years. I'm incredibly thankful that these films are the phenomenon they are, I'm very thankful that they're still as popular as they are today, and I'm very thankful that they will continue to be popular so we can continue to connect with generations of dinosaur lovers, and we can really continue to build a solid community of people who have that invested interest in paleontology and these parts of our history that still continue to inspire and awestruck us today. Um, that last bit didn't really make sense, but as you can tell, I'm quite excited. So... I'm really thankful that I'm able to share this with you, share this moment with everyone else here on the podcast, and I cannot wait to see where we go in the next 25 years. I hadn't seen any trailers and I hardly knew anything about the story, just that it was a movie with dinosaurs, so I expected something with time travel as we see in the series, and I expected hand puppets and stop motion. I think you can imagine my surprise when I saw the movie. Hi, my name is Arian Bos, and 25 years ago this movie we celebrate today captivated my mind. I had an interest in dinosaurs before, but after this movie my life changed forever. I wanted to know more, and as soon as I found out there was a book on which this movie was based, I read that too. Thrilled to learn the author, Michael Crichton, was writing a sequel, which I picked up the day it came out. Instead of wanting to become paleontologist, like I heard many people say, I wanted to become a scientist like Dr. Wu. The documentary The Real Jurassic Park had convinced me as a kid it could be done. Later my interest turned more to the story and movie making in general, and after listening to the soundtrack of Jurassic Park, having rented the CD at the library then, I started to listen more closely to the music and movies too. And I started to write my own stories, and later became involved in a podcast producing the Extinction Level Radio Play, which you might know. Two years ago, Jurassic Park's double feature showing in the cinema was even the reason for my first visit to London, or even my first visit to England. Today Jurassic Park still holds a large part of my brain captive, and I absolutely love all the discussions surrounding the movies, and what some might call plot holes or missing links, and I can't wait to see what Trevorrow is cooking up for Jurassic Park 6. Hello, Jurassic Park podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Jurassic Becky, and I am going to tell you for just a second why Jurassic Park is so special to me. Um, this is one of the hardest things people ask. I get it all the time. People ask me, why are you so obsessed with Jurassic Park? Why is your license plate clever girl? Why do you have so many Jurassic Park shirts? 
why do you have an Instagram dedicated to your love of Jurassic Park? Like, what is it? And, uh, I mean, you guys, it's all of it, right? It's the, the dinosaurs, the, the fact that, you know, working on Jurassic Park helped science and science helped Jurassic Park. It's so, it's so incredible from feathers to movement to birds. And it's, it's wow, right? The Triassic to the Cretaceous and which dinosaurs were when and where and, and how they were and the, the things that we learned, the paleo art, the way that we put the puzzle together of this time that we have this little, you know, we have this little evidence. We have to try to, to figure out how it all worked out. Gosh, it's, it's so fun. And, uh, I mean, then you get into the, the filmmaking, the cinematography of it. I mean, the beautiful art that is just the, that movie. I mean, a lot of you might know, I, I now work in visual effects in big budget films and it is like crazy. It is crazy to be working on a movie and, and get an email that says, Hey, here's our reel. Here's what we did for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Hope that we can help you with your project. And it's just like, I get to watch how these shots were put together. And I get to talk to people that are like, Oh, I worked on Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, or I worked on Jurassic World. And I am just like mind blown. I mean, the, the things that Jurassic Park did, right? It birthed CGI. Like I work with industrial light and magic. And every time someone comes out, I'm like, you guys tell me, I mean, tell me about Jurassic Park, right? And, uh, it's, it's tell me about Lost World. Tell me about all of it. Jurassic Park three. Like it is so exciting to me. The, the thing that Jurassic Park did for my industry and specifically my department of visual effects, which by the way is different than special effects. Please take note. But I just wanted to tell you all that I think that's what makes me so crazy about Jurassic Park. That's really the biggest thing. I mean, amongst all of the amazing things, the characters that that I love, the relationships on screen, the humor, the way the comedy has worked in, the story, the art of the callbacks to the books, the books themselves. But it all, like, it all comes down to the questions and the fact that we can still talk about it, that we're still on Instagram and Twitter talking to each other, creating content, asking questions. Uh, gosh, it is a brilliant franchise. And I'm so happy to be a part of it. I'm so excited to talk to you people and to listen to your and listen to your podcast and watch your videos. And I just am so grateful to all of you who do that. And thanks for to everybody who's listening for making this community an awesome place to be. Thank you so much for listening to me rant about Jurassic Park. <laughs> so why is Jurassic Park so special to me? When I was younger, I used to watch Jurassic Park and The Lost World back-to-back on VHS, and when I was finished, I would rewind them both and watch them both again. Those movies excited me so much when I was a kid, and they still do. I, I distinctly remember when I was watching Jurassic Park, I used to fast-forward through the Dennis Nedry encountering the Dilophosaurus scene. That scene used to freak me out. Uh, and now, obviously, it's one of my favorite scenes, but there was something about it that really got me as a kid. And uh, that's what I love about the original movie, is that it, it's both a fun family adventure movie, and it's a, it's a dark, mysterious thriller that, that terrifies audiences and, and terrifies kids, which is great. Um... <laughs> Both of those films uh, were truly magical to me as a kid, and, and it was the world within them that excited me. I, I'm, I wasn't that much of a, a, a dinosaur-obsessed kid, 
I was more into the characters of the story and the world and the mystery of the two islands. There was just something about the themes in those movies that really spoke to me. Uh, it, they, they truly inspired me in what I'm doing today and it was the reason I got interested in film. It made me want to become a filmmaker. When I used to watch the behind the scenes and the making ofs, um, I actually remember the... Uh, I used to... I don't know if I still got it actually. I used to have a I used to have a VHS copy of uh, Jurassic Park's making of. I remember watching that and seeing Steven Spielberg, and I just wanted to be there. I wanted to be on set. I wanted to be part of the creation of that magic. Jurassic Park still inspires me, and you know that's why it's so special. Hey guys, it's James from Jurassic Unicast. Twenty five years. Wow. What can I say? It's been a uh quite a journey um, I remember my first time I saw the film I was six years old and I went to what was Warner Brothers Cinema in, um, in a place called Lakeside which is a shopping mall in Thurrock in Essex in England and uh, it was quite a it was quite a big popular cinema at the time and I remember um, being six years old as you can imagine uh majorly excited about this film I didn't know anything about the film prior to going um, the only experience I'd had with dinosaurs up until that point was the land before time so as you can imagine quite a big transformation and uh, a little bit more scarier than the land before time was to a six-year-old boy. So my first experience of Jurassic Park was sitting in the cinema with my auntie and um, <laughs> I remember the T-Rex broke out the enclosure and the roar alone, it made me cry. <laughs> I remember crying my eyes. I was just too scared. It scared the absolute living daylights out of me because you think the transition from the land before time, seeing cartoon characters, yeah, they were in peril in the film, but it's different. It's a cartoon, you know, that your brain can comprehend it being a, car a cartoon. But as soon as you see something that looks so real, you know, having such an impact on the screen for the, like, the special effects, I was like, oh my god, like these dinosaurs are actually real in this film. They've, there is actually they've used dinosaurs in this film. Because at six, you kind of don't think about how they're made, do you? You just think about what you're seeing in front of you. And when something's so believable for its time, it, it blew me away, but in a scary way. Not in a, wow, how have they done this sort of way. It wasn't until I got older that I kind of appreciated... Obviously, the uh, the effects involved, um, how well it was made, um, just all these things you don't really think about, do you, as a kid? Um, it's more about whether something is believable or not. And back then, Jurassic Park was, like, ridiculously believable. And I think that's what scared me so much. I remember I, I would hear the commercial. Uh, my, my grandma and my mom would watch um, one of the, the Spanish channels, uh, I think it was, like, Telemundo, or... or Univision, and um, they'd watch these channels, and, and they would have the Jurassic Park commercial in Spanish. And I heard that little click of the little cue of the music, 
and I'd be in my toy room and I would run from my toy room all the way into the living room, run right in front of the TV and just stare and drool. This movie, 25 years, it's incredible. This all 25 years it's been in my life. I was there during the 14 year gap where we didn't know what was going to go on with our franchise. We we had a, this grim fate look outlook to our franchise. I was there to think that I've been around with this movie for this long and, and how much this movie, this franchise, has impacted my life. I love dinosaurs. I love drawing dinosaurs. The amount of paleontologists that we have now studying, a lot of them went into that field because of this movie back in 93. A lot of them are my age right now in paleontology because of this movie back in 1993. This movie impacted a lot of lives very positively because it's a, it's a spectacle to watch. To think that there's a theme park out there that you could probably go to and see these majestic creatures, these leviathons, these these animals that, that shouldn't be around. Just there for you to witness. It's a life a life changing moment. And that's what it was for me. Even though it's a film. And it's a, it's a fiction film. Michael Crichton created a phenomenon. He penned one of the greatest films, one of the greatest books turned into film, turned into a franchise of all time. And as we fans celebrate the 25th, I want you all to remember the very first time you heard that John Williams theme. The very first time you witnessed a clip, a, a glimpse of that T-Rex eyeball looking through the, the Ford Explorer. So, happy birthday, Jurassic Park. Happy, it, it's incredible. 25 years. 25 years a pure prehistoric bliss. I love this movie. And watching it sometimes seeing the end, I, I'm not I'm not <laughs> I'm not scared to say that I have tear I've teared up a few times. I love this film. I love everything. I love the friends I've made because of this film. I love that this film has given me an outlet to express myself artistically and on here to share my collection and to share the love that I have for this film with all you guys has been a pleasure for the last few years to be able to express myself through Jurassic Park has been a complete and utter pleasure hey guys it's Jen Durst here aka Jurassic Jen um, I think everyone who knows me really well knows the huge impact Jurassic Park has had on my life. Um, when I first saw it, I saw it with my dad and I thought 
I made him take me like nine times to see it. And my dad passed away when I was 19. So that's a big part of my life, like the experience I had with him watching the movie and him forcing me to actually see it because I didn't want to see it at first. And then actually being pretty much obsessed with it ever since it came out. I used to reenact the movies. I used to use my brother and sister as the dinosaurs and, and Tim and I was Lex. And it just was a huge part of my life. It actually also made me want to become an actress, which I am now in L.A. pursuing my career because I'm originally from New York. And when I was younger and I watched the movie, it just brought all these feelings. It was just so magical to me. So it really made a difference in my future and my life and what I'm doing now. So it's a huge part of my life. It's more than just a movie for me. It's actually basically the beginning of a journey, which is crazy that you would think a movie could have that impact on you, but it does. So I even have an Instagram dedicated to it. It's just a huge part of my life. And I don't ever think it's going to stop. It's always going to be a big part of my life. It's always going to be important to me. Um, Steven Spielberg is just one of my idols, and it's like my biggest dream to work with him, meet him, be his friend. So Jurassic Park, Steven Spielberg, they're all just a huge part of my life. Some say I'm obsessed. People get tired of me talking about it all the time, but all you fans know that Jurassic Park is everything. So basically that's it it's just huge to me and hope you all love it and enjoy it and had an impact on it from it as much as i did hey guys it's steve from jurassic unicast so jurassic park is in its 25th year of creation and what a 25 years it's been i wasn't lucky enough to see jurassic park in the cinemas when it first came out so my viewing would have been on vhs yeah yeah i still remember whenever it was a rainy day i'd like rush downstairs Get the, uh, get the VHS out, hope it had been around because otherwise I'd be there for what felt like days trying to rewind it. And I'd just sit in the dark and all you could hear was like the rain hitting the window and I'd have everything as dark as I could get it. And I'd just sit there on the sofa just amazed at how these dinosaurs looked. And I'd always have to hide between, I think it was the armchair and the sofa when the T-Rex breakout scene was happening. So yeah, that was probably... That and the kitchen scene was my favourite as a kid. I used to absolutely love it. And now, 25 years on, um, I'm watching these films with my seven-year-old daughter. Um, I do have a seven-month-year-old little boy, but I haven't introduced him to the films yet, as he um, doesn't quite understand much at the moment. But my daughter has the same reactions watching the films as I did at that age, so it just goes to show that this film is really something special. So since Jurassic Unicast was created with my colleague James Hawkins, um, we've done quite a bit in a few years. So we went to Prince Charles's Theatre, we met up with um, Arjan Boss, um, Sam Phillips, quite a few other people as well. And um, we watched Jurassic Park and The Lost World in the 35mm, um, what is it, the old, yeah, the old 35mm film. So that was quite an experience. I finally got to see what everyone else had seen back in 1993 when it had been released. And also I was lucky enough to help out the DPG guys, Jack Owens, Sam Phillips and Ross Lane, in a behind-the-scenes documentary film at the Royal Albert Hall of Jurassic Park in concert, which was such an amazing experience, and I would strongly agree for anyone to go and see it. 
So without Jurassic Park, we wouldn't have this amazing community and Brad would have to find something else to do on a Sunday night. And I look forward to everyone's inputs and projects that um, people do on Twitter. There are some really creative people out there. Well, I think I've talked enough and if I haven't sent everyone to sleep, enjoy the rest of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, Laura Legends here sharing with you all why Jurassic Park is so special to me. Um, So some children, you know, dreamed of being princesses, you know, when they were young, others being pirates, others as superheroes, and some, you know, really couldn't get past hoping to be a dog one day, (laughs) you know. I wasn't the dog kid, but I was the fantasy kid. Fantasy and creatures were my everything. I loved escaping into different worlds, pretending to be someone and something else, you know, but for a youngin, I really did lose my sense of whimsy and fantasy really, really early on. Um, Instead of believing in the Tooth Fairy and Santa, it was replaced with harsh realities of the solar system, our small, tiny, depressing speck in the universe, and the rules of logic. You know, I was essentially a little tiny Spock. (laughs) I didn't really understand why we were all still playing pretend, and I remember being very sad during this time for sure. One day, my parents bought me a dinosaur magazine. It was one of those ones that, you know, came with 3D glasses. And I finally had the dinosaur talk, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing. These giant dragons, basically like these huge monsters, they were really here. Really? Like on our planet? These pictures of dinosaurs being torn to shreds. You know, the evidence, the brutality, the enormity. I couldn't believe it, but I loved it. And these things were actually real. Um, I hit the dinosaur face, but it felt like so much more to me than just that. Um, these beasts were my pirate ships, they were my knights, and they became my wicked friends while everyone else, you know, was playing with Barbies and Hot Wheels. Um, but seeing Jurassic Park for the first time as a conscious, intellectually present child (laughs) was one of the greatest moments ever. I mean, Jurassic Park brought my dinosaur books to life, they brought my toys to life, and it made my dreams of dinosaurs, you know, so much more rich and uh, almost palpable in a sense. It also brought me life lessons (laughs) that have even played a part in swaying my decisions as an adult. Uh, It for sure became a lifestyle um, as an avid Jurassic Park collector. Um, And it even graced me with memorable quotes that I kid you not, I find a reason to quote on a weekly basis. Um, so I, I think that's why Jurassic Park is so special to me. You know, it really brought these magical dragons as a child to life when I thought fantasy wasn't real anymore. And it really helped me believe that there was so much more to this world than just being a small little speck. You know, there's beauty in the past and there's a future of possibilities out there. And hopefully life can find a way, you know, to really bring these six foot turkeys to life so I can have one as a pet. Um, I know they might be very expensive, but who knows, maybe we'll have a little coupon day or something. (laughs) And yes, I spared no expense on these jokes because I'm a clever girl. (laughs) Um, So yeah, guys, that is why Jurassic Park is so special to me. Hello there. This is your boy coming at you live, the Traveling Clat, uh, host of the Guess That Dino game show segment here on the Jurassic Park podcast. And Brad Jost had uh, told me that he wanted me to record a little audio thing talking about how Jurassic Park has impacted my life in the last 25 years um, because it's the 25 year anniversary for Jurassic Park. Uh, I only have one thing to say about that. Uh, It hasn't really impacted my life in the past 25 years because I'm only 22. So I wasn't even born yet when the first movie came out. Um, But I can can talk for sure about how it has impacted me in the last 22 years. Um, 
it's very funny because for me, Jurassic Park has been an ebbing and flowing type of thing until very recently, where there were some years where I completely forgot about my love for paleontology, dinosaurs, Jurassic Park in general, and I would go on like that for like four or five years, and then I'd remember how much I loved it and get back into it. Um, but ever since I was a kid, um, one, of the, one of the first words I learned how to say was alligator, and I used to say agitator, agitator. Um, that's how I used to call it, and my parents, without with a lack of knowledge, taught me that alligators were dinosaurs, and that's kind of where the fascination began. And um, through that, I was introduced to Jurassic Park. I remember my mom got, uh, I think it was The Lost World on cassette VHS, and I used to watch that on a little TV that I had. Um, and since then, I was kind of hooked, and I basically got into my first Jurassic Park movie uh, in theaters from Jurassic Park 3. That was the first one I saw in theaters, and I saw it with my mom um, when I was a kid. I don't even remember how old I was. I was probably like six or maybe even less than that, and I absolutely loved it. I remember we got all of the toys. I had pretty much the entire line of Jurassic Park 3 toys. Um, all the little hatchlings and all the action figures of the Dilophosaurus and the Aquaspinosaurus and everything, everything I could possibly get my hands on. And I was that kid that would walk around with, uh, you know, Jurassic Park shirts. I remember I had a, a little Jurassic Park 3 Spinosaurus shirt when I was a kid. And I, I was that kid who walked around with shirts like that. Um, and that inspired, like, everything from my birthdays to my hangouts. Like, I remember, I think it was my sixth birthday, we did a whole dinosaur-themed uh, uh, birthday party in a, in a museum down here in Florida where it was like a paleontological museum and we just had everybody come, all my friends, and we would dig up these fossils and they would show us the different dinosaurs they had on display. And that was like, that's how much my obsession was real. And that's carried on into different things. I, I feel like after those few years, till I turned maybe like 13 again, I completely forgot about dinosaurs and forgot about uh, everything that I loved from Jurassic Park. And then I was... I re-fell in love with it when I was 13, and I cared about it for a year, and I forgot about it again, and when I was 16, I picked it up again, and I forgot about it again for a few years, and then just around the time of Jurassic World in 2015, I really started getting back into my love for the franchise and for the movies and the whole story about it. I started rereading the book, so I reread Jurassic Park, and I reread The Lost World, and then I started getting into more intricate things like reading the genetics book that Dr. Jack Horner, the paleontologist, wrote about how to build a dinosaur, which dove into the genetics of how they're bringing back dinosaur genes from chickens, and I've just been absolutely hooked since then. I, I was supposed to take on a job working at a, as a museum curator, so it's really influenced my life. Um, in the most awesome way, I think. Besides all the money that I spent on buying souvenirs and uh, Jurassic Park-related items on my various travels around the world and on eBay, I think it's impacted my life in a very, very positive way. Um, and I just love everything about the franchise. I feel like I connect way more to the dinosaurs as characters than I do to the humans. Um, the humans have always been awesome characters like Dr. Grant and Ian Malcolm and everything, but for me, I always think about my favorite scenes from the movies being raptor-related or the Brachiosaurus or the Parasaurolophus or the Pachycephalosaurus. Those are always, you know, the scenes that take me back the most that I always think about as my favorite um, kind of things. It's less the human involvement and more of the dinosaur involvement. And uh, I really, and this is a childlike dream, but the movie has influenced me so much that I hope that at some point in the future, I can live in a world where, whether it's synthetically brought in back or, you know, genetically brought in back or somehow we find a way we could somehow create a real Jurassic Park in, you know, the 21st, 22nd century. Um, I think it would be 
the most amazing thing to see with my own eyes. And that's kind of what I hope for. And I'm hopefully working towards financially being able to get to a point where, you know, if it does actually happen and it costs $10,000 for each person, I have enough money to spend all my money on getting there. But that's my thoughts. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys that 25th year anniversary for Jurassic Park. And see you guys on the game show. Uh, goodbye. Hi, JPP community. This is Travis Stevens of Travis Stevens Nerdcrafts on Instagram. And I'm host of a few segments uh, that occasionally show up in the feed, uh, especially chaos theories and then occasional songs that no one's asking for. Uh, happy JP 25th, right? The 25th anniversary to our community. Which means Jurassic Park is old enough to drink, but it still can't be president. Yet. Uh, now, why Jurassic Park is special to me? There are so many reasons. I've got personal reasons and everything. Um, number one, it's Spielberg gold. And I've always been a Spielberg, George Lucas, John Williams fan. Each licensed, um, each franchise that they did, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, these are all my favorite things to collect and watch. Um, just everything about them. My elementary music teacher back in the day, she would tape off CDs because we only had audio cassettes back then in the early 90s. At least I did where I was. And um, if you brought her a blank audio cassette, she would record off whatever CD she wanted, so that wasn't entirely legal. But she taped off the Jurassic Park soundtrack for me, and I just devoured it. I remember I was so excited I, I could barely breathe when I finally found out that she had it ready for me. Um, reasons Jurassic Park is special to me, uh, probably my relationship with my dad on weekends and uh, both Saturday afternoons, Sunday afternoons. We'd watch all sorts of action movies on TBS and TNT, things like Predator and Alien, um, 80s and 90s action movies, Lethal Weapon, whatever was on those afternoons, we'd watch them. And Jurassic Park, you know, fits into that genre. These great action movies that'll stand the test of time. They have comedy. They have everything that's in between, and it kind of taps into that uh, memory that I have with my family. Something that also made it special. I, I was born in 1982, so I had missed the original run of Star Wars, and then I had missed most of Indiana Jones. Although I remember going for the last one, not Crystal Skull, but uh, Last Crusade. I totally had missed kind of those franchises in terms of collecting and being there as a kid. But Jurassic Park hit when I was like 11. It was perfect timing. It was made in 1993. And I just have so many positive memories connected to it. I remember my dad coming home. He had one of the McDonald's cups. And I, it's like my jaw dropped just looking at the artwork on it in, in a way that only a child or now a 35-year-old man can look at these McDonald's cups and just, I want this forever. <laughs> um, I remember going to this small town store that we had. It was a super small town. There were like 60 kids in the graduating class. But I remember going to this small town store that we had, and they had the trading cards there, both the gold series and the regular. But I didn't have much money, so I had to go for the regular series. Uh, they were 99 cents a pack, and I would every time I could scrounge up 99 cents, I would go, and I would just buy them like every day if I could and of course my eight-year-old sister who kind of just does whatever I do at that point she goes one time to buy Jurassic Park cards she gets the hologram T-Rex card the first pack she buys and 
she starts wearing it around in her pocket, and I was like losing my mind. Eventually, I convinced her to uh, let me protect it for her. <clears throat> anyway, I remember begging my mom to take me to Ames to buy my first Alan Grant figure, and it, a couple times we went, there was nothing on the shelf, and then suddenly it was there, and again, I'm just breathless, stunned, staring at this aisle of perfection. Uh, it blew my mind. Um, I mean, why is Jurassic Park so special in general? It's something about it, it just aesthetically works. Every element. Each part of the movie builds and flows. It has everything. It, whatever you want. The action, comedy, suspense. These dinosaurs that are both monsters and animals. You have humans that are villains, heroes. Uh, everything in between. And again, the music. Back to John Williams. If you don't get the feels from listening to John Williams' score, you have no soul. You're just as bad as the people who built this place. You might work for InGen. If you don't feel anything from his music, there's something wrong with you. God bless John Williams. And then don't even get me started on our national treasure, Mr. Jeff Goldblum. So here's to another 25 years of Jurassic Park love. And big, big thanks to Brad Jost for putting this podcast together and reminding us of this thing that brings us so much joy. Thank you, Brad. Every day that we get a new podcast, it's a high point. Thanks, man. I guess to me it all comes down to the honesty of it all. Like, Jurassic Park has always been different from other big media franchises, and it's never been ashamed of that. From an extremely young age, I guess I was just immediately pulled into this world of science and the reality of what terrible things people are capable of when they work without any sort of a sense of reality. It's a wake-up call, but it's also kind of a trip that lets you escape from things for a bit. On a far-off island, there live these wild, hungry dinosaurs that are beautiful and just majestic, but the only reason they live there is because someone abused the laws of Mother Earth and meddled in things they should never have even touched. So Jurassic Park is both kind of like a primitive version of heaven or a Garden of Eden, but it's also the deepest depths of hell at the same time. I love it for that. It's uh, There's just something special about acknowledging mistakes and the seriousness of change. And sometimes some change happens that you can't fix when we meddle with things that we're not supposed to and kind of use our ambitions a bit too much, we, we go too far and we don't think of the repercussions of things. It's the most clear and pure example of, I guess, reality. It's, it's just honest, honestly. <laughs> this is Victoria from Victoria's Cantina. And uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about why Jurassic Park is special to me. And uh, it's got to go back the full 25 years to the very beginning when the advertisements were playing on television for Jurassic Park. I remember seeing it in the theater with my family and uh, having a wonderful experience, very memorable experience. Uh, at the time, of course, I was obsessed with dinosaurs and knowing that this film was going to be about dinosaurs uh, had me really excited for what I was going to see. And it was everything I wanted it to be. It was adventurous. It was a little bit scary. 
it was um, very uh, eye-opening, very insightful. And even though I think I was a little too young at the time to fully understand uh, everything behind the science and behind everything that Dr. Malcolm was saying, I feel like I uh, really took a lot of meaning away from it, uh, despite maybe not fully understanding some of those things. And uh, it just kind of stayed with me ever since. Uh, of course, a big part of it for me has always been the merchandise and the product and being able to collect the various dinosaurs and humans and vehicles and play sets and everything, uh, going back to the original Kenner days from 1993. And uh, I still have my 1993 uh, dinosaurs and toys, and um, they hold a really special place for me. I remember very specifically how I acquired each one and who bought it for me. And, um, you know, still having those just adds a lot more meaning to my collection. They're definitely some of my favorite pieces. Uh, and they certainly hold up uh, and were far better than anything at the time in terms of dinosaur toys. So uh, that's one of the things that makes them really special is that they were just fantastic for the time. And they still really are. Quality has been amazing. And, uh, you know, as a Jurassic collector over the years, um, things have gone up. They've gone down. That's no secret. And uh, we're definitely in a golden age at this time in which there's so much wonderful product coming out. And that just really kind of sucked me back into it, I guess. Um, I was really into it in 2015 when we got Jurassic World for the first Jurassic film in a really long time. And um, with Fallen Kingdom and everything that's going on with it, all the merchandising, the video games, and there's just so much right now. It's, it's certainly a golden era, not just for the toys, but just in terms of being a Jurassic fan and collector. And um, I share those memories a, a lot with my brother, who at the time was really into the film as well, and also was a collector of the earlier toys, not so much anymore, but, um, you know, just holding uh, onto those memories and expanding upon them by going to events like JP25 at Universal Studios and connecting with a lot of people that you knew online and then uh, were able to put a face to the name, so to speak, and, um, you know, just really see firsthand uh, the impact and talking to people, uh, hearing their stories and, you know, seeing what Jurassic has meant to them and what effect it's had on their lives has been pretty special. And I've uh, made some very great friends through uh, collecting and through Jurassic Park and uh, been able to connect with quite a few people and, um, you know, take that energy, take all of that, um, all the positivity from that and put it into my own work, whether it's my videos or my podcast or uh, toy photography or what have you. Um, it, it's just been all been a great experience. And I think that by and large, uh, Jurassic Park fans are amazing. And um, things like what you do through the podcast here, uh, you know, a weekly show, uh, hearing the latest news, hearing uh, your point of view and, you know, your guests' thoughts and ideas. Um, it, it's just something that's always ongoing. And I really appreciate that. And um, I'm really excited to see where things go from here. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jurassic has been hugely important to my life and uh, absolutely adore it. Uh, it's not the only franchise that I adore, but it's definitely up there. And uh, I'm really eager to see where things go in terms of the merchandise and in terms of the films and anything else that's to come. Because again, we're in a golden age and I hope it lasts for a really long time. Thanks again for hearing me share my thoughts on Jurassic Park and what it's meant to my life. Hey Jurassic fans, it's Aaron Beyer. I'm here to talk about Jurassic Park after 25 years. I honestly can't believe it's been that long. For me, it started as an early childhood obsession, and it's grown to shape almost every aspect of my life. It started with that blue Kenner Pteranodon uh, and its collector card that led me to want to see that movie. Um, that was such a 
great card with that guy like aiming his tranquilizer or his gun up at that giant blue uh, winged dinosaur and I waited weeks because people kept telling me it was scary and I was like super afraid of uh, I remember being like afraid of like E.T. like when he's dying and hearts being pulled out of chest cavities in Indiana Jones those things absolutely terrified me uh, when I saw them uh, as a kid before Jurassic Park and surely people being eaten by giant animals was equally as scary uh, so I just avoided it at all costs, Like, but I was really curious. Uh, I eventually went, and not being scared of those things anymore really felt kind of triumphant as a kid. Uh, mix that with the complete sense of awe from the grand dinosaurs, like the Brachiosaur and the Tyrannosaurus Rex and the Gallimimus herd stampeding through that field. I had never seen anything like that, um, both animatronic and CGI. And as time went on, I really developed uh, a love for that movie. I began to feel really proud of myself as a kid when I could tell the difference between the animatronics and the CGI stuff that no one else could. And so because of this, I became like obsessed with wanting to work in visual effects. And because of this one movie, I ended up going to visual effects school um, and where I met my best friend who eventually became my wife. I became great friends on this podcast, uh, some of which who I talk to every day uh, so much of my current life has origins uh, in this two-hour period from 1993 and I even was lucky enough to work on the 3d versions of three Jurassic movies I worked on the 20th anniversary of Jurassic Park in 3d and then I worked on Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom which I have a credit on on the screen and that's absolutely crazy to me so anyway I guess that's all I really have to say. I uh, hope you guys are having a great 25 years, and here's to another 25 more. Are you hearing this? Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all of our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast and, of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Anybody hear that? Thanks for listening to the 176th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, a big thanks goes out to Andy for joining me to discuss his awesome work, his win, and his love of Jurassic Park in this special episode. I am so glad that I finally got to chat with him about the films and certainly learn how he became such a big fan. Make sure to head to our show notes to find all of Andy's links. Also, a big thanks to everybody who participated in the Jurassic Park 25th Anniversary Retrospective. Aaron, Jen, Clayton, Jay, Laura, Tal, Steve, Victoria, James, Travis, Jack, Becky, Arjun, Tom... Thank you so much for sending in the audio clips. You can tell how much this franchise means to each and every one of you. I'm so glad that we've all become friends because of this awesome series. You know, it is truly special how it has brought us all together like this. So let's continue celebrating Jurassic Park for all the years we have left and pass on this awesome legacy. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast. And our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Google Podcasts, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It will seriously help out our rankings and make it easier for Jurassic fans like you to find us. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way.